Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the Todd Coconado podcast, otherwise known as the Remnant on 826-2021. Hey, welcome, Remnant Warriors. Welcome, Gideon's 300. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. A couple of announcements before we get started with the broadcast today. So Facebook, I don't know what happened, uh, but we noticed that all of our posts, uh, you know, that we posted since May... Uh, all of a sudden they're gone. So I don't know why they're gone. Um, Facebook has given us no explanation. There's no one that we can really reach out to. Uh, just all we know is, is that all of a sudden, um, they're gone. So, uh, that's why I tell everybody, follow us on the other sites. Uh, I like telegram. Telegram's a real good one. Uh, but you can follow us easily by going to toddcoconado.com, toddcoconado.com. And then you can go ahead and, uh, click down the menu and it, it says, find me. And those are all of our official social media accounts. And so you can see other places that I post to. And that way, uh, the censorship, we can get around it. So I thank you to all of the listeners that have downloaded Podbean and Telegram. And you found other ways to hear the show because obviously we're on their radar. They don't like what we're saying. And they would love to censor us. Uh, And they are censoring us. But we're finding ways around it. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, That's why this is the Underground Railroad for the Remnant. Uh, I believe this is going to be much more meaningful in the days and months ahead as we see things continuing to escalate here in the United States. Uh, I was on a Fox affiliate today. I'll be posting the uh, interview shortly when they post it on their channel, uh, talking about Afghanistan. So let's start with Afghanistan today because uh, it's just a crazy thing. But before I get into that, one more announcement I forgot to tell you. I am in dire need of a vacation. We have not had a vacation over a year. And uh, my wife is such a good sport, and she's such a partner and a, and a blessing to me. And just, you know, I can't even tell you guys behind the scenes what a blessing she is to me. But we need to go and take a couple of days and rest. So we're going to go in the mountains, and I'm not going to have a broadcast Friday. Um, I will not have a broadcast Sunday, Saturday, but I'll be back Monday next week, and we will continue on. Hopefully, I'll be rested. Uh, But I do apologize ahead of time. There will not be a broadcast tomorrow, Friday the 27th. So I'm just letting you know that. All right, guys, let's talk about Afghanistan. So today, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that's gone on there. All right, hold on a second here. My wife's telling me something. Oh, okay. She's telling me that if you guys want to to donate to the efforts in Afghanistan, you can go ahead and go to toddcoconut.com slash give. And there's a link there where it says something about persecuted Christians and Afghanistan. Go ahead and click on that link, and then that will take you, and then there's a direction. you got to pull down the drop-down menu, and there'll be a, a little thing that says specifically for persecuted Christians. And that's the fund that you want to put that into. And uh, we're trying to help several people that are on the ground there. And uh, it's a fluid situation. So let me get into the situation in Afghanistan. So uh, crazy, crazy, crazy day. So uh, we're hearing now... 60-plus people have been killed in Afghanistan after a major terrorist attack that has taken place uh, in or around the Kabul airport. Uh, Information is still coming in. Um, 60-plus people are now dead. We think it's much more than that. There is also a minimum of 12 U.S. soldiers. I believe 11 were in the Marines. One was an airman for the Navy uh, that have also been killed. What an absolute disaster that these people have to lose their lives now. Um, I think of the families and all the loved ones. And it's just the most egregious situation you could possibly think of. We warned this was coming. I would love to tell you it's over. I don't think it is. I think there's more to come. And honestly, I'm, the more and more this time goes on, and this is my opinion, 
but I really think that part of this was actually planned uh, because I just don't understand how anybody could be this incompetent th- that it's not planned. I mean, unless this was intentional because who in their right mind? I mean, gosh, you could ask a five-year-old, you know, uh, hey, how would you pull out of Afghanistan if you've been at war for 20 years or so? And even a five-year-old would give you a better strategy than what Biden and his quote-unquote administration have done. And so you got to look at this and say there's got to be more here. Now, of course, the situation itself is a nonpartisan situation. It's, a, it's an absolute de- debacle, but we got to look at the lives that are at stake right now and put politics aside for a minute and just get these people out because there's thousands of Americans that are in need of rescue. And I know the administration's out there saying that, you know, they're getting so many of them out, but I will tell you there's still thousands there, and this has potential to be the biggest problem uh, from a hostage standpoint, from a from a death standpoint, how many Americans will die before this is over? And we should be sounding the alarm. And so I think people are absolutely enraged. Our military members are enraged. People that have fought in Afghanistan are enraged at how this has been handled. They just can't even believe it. Uh, some people are sitting here in the United States that did serve in the in the war uh, over the last twenty or so years, and they're looking at this and saying, "Hey, you know, some of them lost limbs." Some of them have been maimed and they're, and they're looking and they're just saying, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is how we pull out of this place after all America's longest war. So, you know, listen, I share the frustration with you. Um, I know I'm supposed to be calm, cool, and collected because I'm a pastor, uh, but I will tell you, I'm enraged. I'm, I'm very, very, very enraged and I have a righteous anger. I think what has happened here is just absolutely beyond the pale. And I, I, I have to believe that many, many other people, including Democrats, feel this way. I, I just can't believe that it's just Republicans that feel this way or just conservatives or just Christians. I have to believe that many Americans are sitting back right now and they maybe were on the fence and they weren't quite sure. Uh, now they're looking at this administration and they're saying, my goodness, this has got to be the worst administration ever. I mean, it's far worse now than even uh, Carter and Carter was bad. But this is just unbelievable what's happening here. And I share your frustration, your outrage, your concerns. I mean, listen, there's a time. The Bible even says there's a time to mourn. There's a time, you know, there's certain times for things. You know, right now, I mean, righteous anger, I I wouldn't really imagine you'd have any other position but being righteously angry because it's absolutely insane. And, And so that begs the question, and again, this is just my opinion here, but that begs the question, was this on purpose? Was this done on purpose? Because why in the world would anybody do something like this if it was not done on purpose? I mean, a two-year-old. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Literally. I mean, come on. It's, there's no common sense. You know, it's so simple. You would hold Bagram Air Base. You would keep the military in position. You know, if the Taliban forces were advancing into the city, then you would, you would put up a, a red line and, and a barrier and you'd get the people out, and then you would start to draw down the troops, and then you would exit. At least it would be an organized exit, even though there would still be a lot of things that would uh, ensue after that, which would be horrible, like the Taliban taking over and Sharia law being implemented and all the different things that happen under a Taliban rule. But at least you would be able to get the U.S. forces, the U.S. contractors, you know, the, the various people that helped in the war effort that were allies of the United States that were promised so many things that now have just been completely had their backstab. I mean, it's like a, the worst backstab. I mean, how can anybody trust America anymore? You know, think about it. I mean, the people in Taiwan are just looking at this in, in shock and thinking, oh my gosh, we're completely uncovered. Like, 
there's people all around the world right now that are questioning America and saying, oh my gosh, America has fallen. Like America is not the same. Like we, we, we thought America was the great, you know, superpower of the world. And now look what's happening in Afghanistan. They were just basically chased out by the Taliban and, and with their tail between their legs and Joe Biden apologizing. And, and, and Kamala Harris, I don't even know what she's doing. She's laughing somewhere. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Listen, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here, uh, but I think everybody on this broadcast, I'd be very, very surprised if you didn't agree with what I'm saying right now because I think all Americans, I've been talking to Democrats over the last 28, you know, 24 to 48 hours, you know, talking to Democrats, and they've been saying the same thing. Like, they, they're shocked. They're just like, what's wrong with this guy? So here's where I think this is going. And this is a very important episode today because we're going to break down where I think this is going and what I think is actually happening here. And I go back to our reporting on the Great Reset. I go back to what we've been saying about Klaus Schwab and his plans. And I think it's an intentional crashing of the system. And I think it's an intentional diminishing of U.S. authority around the world. Uh, it, it goes along with the, you know, what they said um, in their commercial. The World Economic Forum had a commercial. And they said, uh, you, know, you will own nothing and you will love it by 2030. And I think that's part of UN Agenda 2030, by the way. You'll own nothing and you'll love it. Oh, and by the way, the U.S. will just be a regional power. It'll be one of many. And that's what they want. They want, this is like, we're set up now. You better believe it, ladies and gentlemen. You better believe it. We are set up right now for the U.S. dollar to crash. We're set up, and, and people say, what are you saying, Pastor Todd? What I'm saying is that if you understand the way the whole world economic system has worked since Brenton Woods and the Brenton Woods Agreement, and I'll kind of break it down right now. But, you know, the British pound sterling was the global reserve currency. The, the British empire was the empire of the world. And around the uh, World War II times, uh, you know, there was a, an agreement called the Brenton Woods Agreement. Europe had been decimated uh, from World War II. Uh, the countries needed to be rebuilt. They're, they're, you know, they were in dire situation all across Europe. France had been overtaken. We had to, you know, liberate them. And so it was a very interesting time in the world. And people looked to America, who, quite frankly... Uh, we're not, you know, America was not, uh, you know, we didn't have any, any war on our soil. We were fighting war abroad. We weren't fighting here in America. So uh, the, the leaders of these nations got together and they had the Brenton Woods Agreement and they switched the global reserve currency from the British pound sterling to the U.S. dollar. And ever since then, the U.S. dollar has been the global reserve currency. And, and what that meant was is that people could trade their currency for U.S. dollars and that was how one currency went from one to another. It was the, the U.S. dollar. Everything was denominated basically in U.S. dollars. And, and that's how the world has traded. So then uh, during the Nixon administration, because the, the, the dollar system uh, was basically being stretched, and that system was going to probably collapse around that time if they didn't make, make some changes. So Kissinger went over to Saudi Arabia and the OPEC nations, and they worked out an agreement under the Nixon administration to shift the dollar uh, from being the way that it was, where you could trade gold for U.S. dollars, take the dollar off the gold standard, and put it onto what they call the petrodollar system, the petrodollar. So the U.S. was able to keep its hegemony, to keep its global reserve status. And so what happened was it flipped from being able to trade gold. You know, And, and if you recall, there, it was a very crazy time in the United States at that time. There was lines at the gas pumps, there was all different types of weird things that were happening, and Americans didn't understand, but the system had actually transitioned, and uh, Nixon came out and he said, I'm going to protect the dollar against the speculators. Remember that? I'm going to protect the dollar against the speculators. And so what they did was they created 
the uh, the shifting system where the dollar kept the global reserve status, but instead of being uh, denominated by gold, you know, backed by gold, in other words, backed by gold, uh, it was backed by oil. And, and really, what it was was the U.S. military was saying, hey, we're going to protect the OPEC nations. We're going to protect Saudi Arabia. And in, in turn, you're going to trade your oil only in U.S. dollars. And so any nation that wanted to buy oil, what they had to do was they had to buy it, you know, they had to go their currency, then the U.S. dollar, and then get the oil. So everything went to the U.S. dollar. And that's why the dollars had so much power you know, around the world. They call it king dollar, the king dollar period. Now, since then, the U.S. dollar has lost a lot of its intrinsic value, quite a bit. Even since September 11, 2001, the U.S. dollar has lost a significant amount of its buying power. If you recall back then, you know, you could go to the grocery store and probably spend $60, $70 and get a good amount of groceries. Now, people's bills are like 200 and groceries are becoming very, very expensive. And I know you're feeling it. Gas is going up. And they're trying to they're trying to you know make it look like it's not that bad, but you know inflation is definitely on the rise. And it's you know since Biden has been in, it's just been horrible, horrific. Gas prices have gone up. He stopped the uh, Keystone XL pipeline. He stopped the American uh, oil production. Under Trump, we had really become energy independent. Energy independent. And now uh, under Biden, he's allowing all these other nations to flourish with their oil production, like even Russia, for instance. And so they must really like it, right? But here, you know, America, we, we stopped our Keystone XL pipeline, really kind of backstabbed Canada on that too. And so all these people, they're going to just go to China. They're just going to go to Russia. They're going to go to our adversaries and our competitors. And this is going to weaken America across the world. It's already done so quite a bit in six months, I'm going to tell you. I mean, look at what's happened in six months since Biden has taken over. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. Yet this is what's happened. So where do we go from here? How does this all, you know, how, what happens from here on out? How does this, you know, how do, what's the next move? So I know there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, Trump is going to come back and they're saying, uh, you know, there's this plan. And I've been talking about this more and more lately because a lot of people send me videos all day. And I know a lot of the influencers, influencers that are out there are talking about devolution and different theories. And they're saying that, you know, they really think the military is going to somehow take control and that the situation in, in uh, Arizona is going to bear fruit. And, you know, I believe part of that, I'm not saying I don't believe it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that I think the military is going to all of a sudden take control. This is what I believe. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I believe could happen. I do believe that if things in Arizona are as they say, and we've been let down by a lot of people that have promised us a lot of things, but if, if they truly happen in, in, in Arizona like they say, and, and there is this tremendous amount of fraud, then what could happen, I mean, what, what's been set up from what I understand from friends of mine and people that are very close to the situation, the way it's been set up is, is that these other states like Georgia and Wisconsin, you know, Bannon's been talking a lot about Wisconsin, but, you know, Wisconsin, Georgia, possibly Minnesota, uh, Pennsylvania, some of these other swing states would then do a deep dive and maybe a forensic audit especially if the results in Arizona are just astronomical. I mean, there's so much fraud, it's just unbelievable. And people start believing guys like Mike Lindell, you know, Democrats and other people that didn't, you know, don't believe him now. And, and again, I, I will say I love Mike Lindell. I think he's a patriot. I think he has some real information. Uh, but, I, but I also want to be cautious here because, you know, we just want to be sober-minded as we're walking through this because there is that Operation Trust that happened during... I think it was World War II where a lot of similarities to where we're currently at 
in Nazi Germany where, you know, the people thought there was like these generals that were working behind the scenes and there was going to be this big operation and all this stuff was going to happen. And what ended up happening? Well, they went in tyranny. You know, America deserves judgment. Now, does that mean that the Lord is going to judge us and we're just going to go through this horrible period and maybe even be brought under captivity? It could happen. I mean, we're definitely going that direction right now, but we're believing the Psalm 64 decree and the fast that the remnant is praying and interceding and travailing and contending and repenting for this nation and, and that the Lord responds to the prayers of the righteous. And so we believe that they're going to, you know, the Lord's going to hear our prayers from heaven. But I do believe more of the body of Christ needs to repent. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're in a, in a holding pattern right now where God's given us grace and we're kind of in this like holding pattern period where, you know, we haven't seen the full judgment yet. I mean, think we definitely see where they're headed. You know, we know about their great reset agenda. We know about, you know, this, this system with the vaccine passports and all these very scary things that are kind of, you know, precursors to the mark of the beast. You know, we're seeing how this is all developing and, and people are literally being told they can't go to U.S. cities. Our biggest U.S. city, New York City, you can't even go there without a vaccine passport. So all these things are like very, you know, scary when you look at what's happening. You're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? You know, is, is, are we going into the tribulation? I mean, you know, are, are, are we going to be told to take a mark here pretty soon? Is the vaccine passport a precursor to the mark? Well, I would say it probably is. I mean, I think they're definitely showing us kind of where they want to go. And, and they're talking about a digital currency. It's been talked about for quite some time. And then you got, you know, Catherine Austin Fitz and other people that are financial experts that are also speaking about this. And they're saying that we're in a transitionary period. So that goes back to the U.S. dollar and, and our global reserve currency status and the fact that there's major cracks in the ceiling. We've known this for quite some time. And so how does this go from here? So now people are starting to question, well, was President Trump a deep state guy? Did he, you know, pull the wool over our eyes as well? I don't think that. I'm still not there. And I still believe there is hope. I still believe that there, you know, from what I've heard on the ground to people that are in Arizona that have worked, that are friends of mine, they say they found things. You know, have I seen all that information firsthand? I haven't. I've seen some information. I've seen some things that I thought were very convincing about the election. And I definitely believe, I think it's just common sense that the election was stolen. I do believe that. And by the way, they're trying to make people that say that now terrorists. <laughs> it's, it's just really, you got to kind of laugh sometimes, right? So Christian pastors are now terrorists. People that care about election integrity are terrorists. It's wild. Uh, my Facebook page was, was literally uh, reduced to um, what we posted in May today, all the other videos. And there was many, many videos that had, some of them had gone viral. Some of them were, you know, 50,000 or more views. It's just crazy. Those are all gone now. So <laughs> what do we do from here? So we're, we're going to continue to press ahead and we're going to continue to believe the Lord's going to move. And we're, we're in the middle of this fast. And so we knew that there was going to be a lot of stuff that happens. And I told you guys, I believe it's going to be the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. And we're seeing the Lord move in pockets of revival around the nation. We're seeing people waking up in the droves every single day. We know that by watching our stats online and how many people are listening. And these are people, some of them used to tell me I was crazy. And now their ears are perked up. So I don't think that it's done yet. I don't think that we're definitely for sure. That's it. You know, the U.S. is done. We're going into tribulation. We're going into judgment. We're going to be taken over by China. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're in a holding pattern right now. And God is looking at the church and saying, what are you going to do? And, and that's where all these other things that are happening that are so chaotic, that are so apocalyptic, 
all these things that we're seeing happening around us, these are all signs of, of how things could go if we don't get our house in order and get right and repent as a church. I believe wholeheartedly that we're at a moment of decision. I believe wholeheartedly. Now, I think that even with the dollar denomination and the, and the Great Reset, I think the Great Reset could be thwarted. The God, God could do anything. Listen, he saved the people of Israel. He, you know, he brought them through a Red Sea, part of the Red Sea for them. And, and that's, there's many things in the Bible that you know, are similar types of situations where God stepped in and intervened. So we can't lose hope and we can't lose focus and we can't just feel like we're done because I believe that we serve a very powerful God that sits on the throne of glory and is able to do all things. So it's not that we're done and we're defeated yet, but we have, this is a time of like, we need to act now. Um, not only do we need to get involved and do things in the natural, but in the supernatural because that's where this battle is really going to be fought. In the supernatural, we, it is, it, man, every Christian, every Bible-believing Christian right now. Somebody said yesterday, please stop calling it the remnant and just say Christians. Why, I, the reason why I call it the remnant is because I think a lot of the body of Christ is deceived. And so the remnant is a way to, to differentiate between the regular body of Christ. There's a lot of people that are, I mean, we got churches that are having vaccine drives in their parking lot right now. Okay, we got churches that are telling people, that if you're unvaccinated, you can't even attend service. So if I were just to say the greater body of Christ, I mean, there's a clearly people that are calling themselves Christians that are absolutely deceived. So that's why I keep saying the remnant. So forgive me. That's what the remnant is. It's, it's the ecclesia. It's the real body of Christ. So that being said, the real body of Christ needs to, has to, has to, has to, has to take a stand now. It's now or never. Yet you have to take a stand now and you have to understand we got to pray we got to fast we got to repent saints we've made idols of many many things we've got to repent we've got to turn from our wickedness and turn from our idols and really consecrate ourselves and i think if we do that the lord will heal our land it's it's the the message is very simple yet for some reason a lot of people are, it's still not connecting so we're not there yet but we're at a, an important crossroads and I think that God has shown us that, you know, how good things could be and they could even get better under President Trump. You know, we saw things that were much, you know, better. And, and I think they could even, even got better than that, much better than that. You know, as the church rises up and, and becomes the head, not the tail, because it really, you know, we, we relied on guys like Donald Trump and Mike Lindell and others to fight our battles. And God is saying, no, you know, you got to fight. Your, you, let me teach you how to war. Let me teach you how to fight in the spirit. So that's, that's what I think the Lord is saying. Like, we have to understand spiritual warfare. We, under, we have to understand how to do this. And if we do that, then I believe, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to see some changes here. But we're at a crossroads. And, and it's far beyond some of the messages that some of these politicians and some of the activists are saying in our movement that are saying, yeah, you know, we just got to get more active and we got to get, you know, go to the school board and go to the community you know, meetings. And I agree with all that. Like we definitely have to get involved. We can't be the silent majority. We've got to vote. We got to do all the things. We got to become poll watchers. We got to do all that. I agree with that. But if I could just interject there, I think the most important thing that we need to do is understand that we got off course as the church. And it is high time that we understand we cannot go on as business as usual. And so I think that there's two different paths that we could go here. I think that we could see a real win and, and maybe not lose the U.S. dollar hegemony. And if we do, you know, maybe go down uh, a path that would be more positive that I think President Trump was trying to set up with China and other countries. I think he had a real plan 
to, to soft land this and make it where we don't just collapse. Uh, I think the Great Reset Plan and the agenda of the deep state and the agenda of the globalists and the cabal or who, you know, however you want to refer to them, that's a much more dangerous plan. They're going to get rid of the paper dollars, paper currency. They're going to switch to a, a digital currency. They're going to track everything. Uh, it's going to be like a social credit score system. Your banking could be frozen just like your social media. You know, that's how they're going to do this. They're going to roll it out like they've done in China, but they're going to do it through the corporations, through the banks, and that way the government appears to be not involved, even though it's basically the same system as China. China is just doing it from the top down from the government. In America, it'll be implemented through the corporations and the banks and the private institutions. But, but the problem is these private institutions, these banks, these corporations are activists, and they're all in on it. And they're, they're you know, multi... Uh, you know they're not they're not committed to just America. They're 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 all around the world. They're international corporations, so they don't have any allegiance to America. They don't have any allegiance to our interests, and that's just like the globalist politicians. For so long, I've been pointing out globalist politicians, and I've been telling you why globalism is not good. I've been explaining it from a biblical standpoint. When I go back to the Tower of Babel and explain that. Uh, I explain it from you know, a political standpoint, from a geopolitical standpoint, from an economic standpoint. It's just not a good thing. So now we're here, and what I think they could do, I mean, their plan is to, to implement this Great Reset. That would take the U.S. dollar off the global reserve currency. They'd probably go into a basket of currencies or the SDR, and uh, that's how they would do it. And the U.S. dollar would probably lose a minimum of 30% of its intrinsic value overnight. And uh, we would see uh, inflation skyrocket here in the United States. It could possibly even go to hyperinflation. And we could see a real challenge for a couple of years here before things stabilize. And America, as we know it, will not be the same. And we certainly wouldn't be the superpower around the world. We'd be like what happened with the Soviet Union and Russia. We'd still be a strong country, but we would not be the superpower. And so what would happen is there'd be a vacuum. I guess who would take that position? It would be China. And China is not a good country to be in the position where the United States is in right now as the, as the world superpower. And so, you know, for all these liberals out there and these progressives that are trying to badmouth the United States, say all this awful stuff about the United States, well, <laughs> trust me, it'll affect you just as much as it'll affect us. So I don't know how you're so deceived, but you'll see as this develops unless God intervenes. So that's why it's a, it's a clarion call, ladies and gentlemen, where we absolutely have to understand where we're at on the timeline and how dire this situation is. But God, that's why we're fasting. That's why we're believing. We can't lose hope. We can't lose focus. We've got to just continue to press ahead in victory and remember that we serve the God of heaven and earth who sits on the throne. The church is going to go ahead no matter what. Even if the U.S. falls, the church will still be here. But we're praying that the U.S. doesn't go into judgment and uh, effectively go into captivity as well. We're praying that doesn't happen. We're praying that there's an intervention from the Lord, and that can only happen, I believe, through repentance. So it's not a popular message because I would love to be like some of these other people that are the influencers out there, and they got millions of followers, and they're saying, uh, you know, these, these troops are going to, you know, these generals are working behind the scenes, and they got this big plan. And I would love for that to be true. And trust me, I've, I've had many a conversation with high-level people and uh, I understand both sides of this argument, and I definitely understand where certain people get some of these narratives from, because there's people that are of stature and prominence that are suggesting that this could be true. 
But I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the long term. I'm not here for the short term relationship. I'm here for the long term relationship. So I'm trying to give us a clear path from a biblical standpoint of what we can do. And it, it, it's, this is about the church. This is not about, you know, Q or whoever it is that you're listening to out there. This is about the church rising up and being the church, the head, not the tail, repenting, turning away from the idols that we've made. Repenting, truly repenting, and being the, app, the, the, the church without spot nor wrinkle, the church of Philadelphia, not the church of Laodicea. So we're at a defining moment, and the Great Reset Agenda would like to see everybody. Why do they want everybody vaccinated? Why, I, you know, If I were to guess based on all the information that I've studied on this, and I've studied quite a bit, and I've studied the deep state for over 20 years, and God has been giving me revelation on this for many, many years, and we've followed them, I would, I would probably say, and I, I say this in all humility, that I'm an expert on the deep state for, uh, for many different reasons. And this shadow government cabal that's global, this, these banking cartels and uh, these, these central planners, they have an agenda and their agenda is, is to move into this new world order and to move into this, new, uh, this whole new financial system that they've been putting together where they can track you and cut you off. And that certainly, as a biblical scholar, sounds to me like the mark of the beast. So is it here? Not yet, but we're, we're, it's, it certainly is being set up. So this is why, can I sound the alarm? I still think there's hope. I haven't given up hope. I still believe that there could be, I know there's some great pa- patriots and grassroots efforts, and I love Donald Trump. I've supported him. I don't, I don't agree with him on the vaccine, but I've supported him pretty much on almost everything else. But I have to tell you, uh, every day it's getting less and less that, it seems like there's this plan that all of a sudden President Trump is going to be reinstated. So, <laughs> again, it could happen. There's a path that that could happen, I guess. Uh, let's see, how could that maybe happen? Well, I guess, you know, if they were to find so much fraud in Arizona and then these other states were to conduct these audits and they were to find fraud there and somehow the Supreme Court were to rule on this and uh, maybe we could have new elections or... Um, there could be a chance where the 25th Amendment is pulled on Biden and Kamala Harris comes in as the acting president and in that, in that short period of time before she's inaugurated, which is scary as can be to even think about that because I lived in California and I saw how she, how she works and who she is. Um, but, you know, in that, in that period between Joe Biden and, and Kamala being inaugurated, maybe the military could take the reins in the, co- in the country and set up new elections. So, could this happen? Yes. Do I think there's not going to be a revival? You say, well, wow, Todd, you know, you sound a little bit different than what you've said in the past. Well, a lot of things have changed. And we've always told you we're going to be, we're going to be truthful with you because, again, we're here for the long-term relationship. This is not clickbait. This is not uh, me trying to get more followers. Those that are meant to follow us, so follow us. And those that are mad at me or you're mad because I might not be saying exactly what you want to hear right now, I love you. And there's nothing more that I would like to see than some of these Q people that I think are great patriots, to be quite honest, many of them. Some of them are grifters, you know, or gifters, whatever they call it, grifters that are trying to, you know, do it for the money. But the, some of them are actually really great activists and patriots. And I just think they really wholeheartedly believe that that's what's happening, devolution or some of these other things. But I, I have an obligation because I'm a little different than some of these people. You know, I have, we have a ministry. I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. We have a credibility concern. We can't just, you know, we can't just say something and just put it out there that's nonsense 
or that's clickbait. We have to tell you the truth. That's our obligation. And then we have to give you the possibility of, okay, well, even if this is the situation, here's the ways that this could happen where maybe something good could happen. I believe, as a minister of the gospel that sees miracle signs and wonders all the time, that we're in a holding pattern right now, that we're in a, in a defining moment, crossroads, and that maybe God hasn't made the final decision yet because he's waiting on the church. Now, of course, he already knows what's going to happen because he's out of the confines of time. Time. God is out of time. He's not in time. He's out of it. So he's already, he already knows how this is going to go. But it would be um, unwise of me to, to tell you that everything's just going to be fine and dandy because we are in a dire situation. But there is hope. First of all, there's always hope. Even if we go into captivity, you know, there's still hope because we always have our faith and, you know, we'll, we'll just continue to press ahead in Jesus. And I believe the Lord will put protection around us. Look, there's many Christians that survived communist China. There's many Christians that sur survived the Soviet Union. There's many Christians that survived Nazi Germany. And, you know, the, it, I'm not saying we won't survive and even thrive. But what I'm saying is uh, the overall situation could get much worse. And right now we still have our freedoms. Right now I still have the ability to come on this broadcast and speak to you. Now, you may ask, well, what do, what do I get out of supporting you, Pastor Todd? What are you doing? Well, what, what are we not doing right now? Honestly, I mean, right now we're so active in so many different ways. We're still trying to assist Christians and missionaries getting out of Afghanistan. That's something that kind of just fell in our lap. Of course, I'm, I'm doing the Religious Liberty Coalition where we stand for religious liberty and freedoms and people that come under attack. We help them. Uh, you know, I, I minister to so many different people every single day. Uh, we put out information, news through remnant.news. Um, we're, we're talking to people in government. We're, we're talking to local officials, congressional people, senators, governors. You know, we're pushing back against many different things, critical race theory, uh, the LGBTQ agenda, you know, all these different things. I mean, uh, the crazy things they're trying to push through the Congress right now. I mean, every single day we're putting out information. We're, we're in contact with hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, we're, we're out here. We're on the front line. So if, if you're sowing into this ministry... Not only are people getting saved, set free, healed, and delivered every day, literally, but we're also doing all those things that I just mentioned. So, you know, your seed is going, I, I would like to say, and I, I want to be responsible to you, that, you know, we're one of the few organizations and ministries in the nation that does these things. We've been fighting against the vaccine passport. We've had some great wins. You know, we've been active in so many different situations. Of course, we have our friends and partners in Israel, like Radiant Israel and others. We, we're, we're doing a lot. In fact, we're doing so much that I don't even have time to come up for air every single day. And so, you know, we're growing in the midst of this. We're fighting. We're pushing back. I don't know many. Many of you say we can't find a remnant pastor. We're going to be addressing that. We're going to be answering that. Guess what we're going to be doing? We're going to be having Sunday services. Hallelujah. We're going to have the podcast Monday through Thursday. And then we're going to have a Sunday service each week where we actually give a message and an opportunity for you to join the remnant church because we're answering the call of God and we understand the situation and we're hearing what you're saying in your feedback and we're responding to it and we're also inquiring of the Lord, spending time in the secret place every day, you know, getting direction and wisdom from the Lord and divine strategy and then we're acting and we're actionable. So thank you for those that see the vision, get it, understand it's multifaceted. There's many different levels and layers to this. But we're, we're doing everything we can to be the church, to be the real church. And I take no credit for this personally. This is all the Lord. It's his anointing. 
It's his favor. It's his grace. It's his mercy. He's positioned us uniquely in this time for a time as this. We definitely need resources. We need financial contributors and supporters. Otherwise, we're not going to continue to be able to grow and do these things. So when you listen to other podcasts, and I'm not here to bash them because there's some great people out there that are doing some amazing things, but you have to ask yourself, some of them are just podcasting and that's it. They're not active. They're not doing anything. We're doing all the things that I just mentioned and we're doing the podcast because we're trying our best to answer the call and we realize the urgency of this hour. And we realize that so many people don't get it for some reason. They're deceived. They're, they're, they're literally scales over their eyes. I don't you know, quite understand how, but I know you see it. I mean, so many of you write us and you say, we can't even find a remnant church in our community. Well, we're going to answer that. We're going to have the, the remnant church online and we're going to meet every week. And there's going to be a physical location in the near future where people can join us in Nashville area as well. And... We have remnant meetups around the country, and I go and speak at conferences and different things, and we're going to take a revival road tour pretty soon if, if things, you know, don't get bad uh, with, with restrictions and all the different things that, you know, we're going to, listen, if we have to drive around the country, we will. I mean, we'll do whatever we got to do. You know, God is going to, there's always a way around it. You know, when they had the, uh, you know, the, the, the ban on alcohol in the United States, what happened? There was speakeasies. There was underground stuff going on. You know, when we had slavery in the United States, what happened? There was the Underground Railroad. That's a better example. That's the, it's a better example. What I'm saying is people always find a way around it, even if there's tyrannical government. We are the underground. We're the remnant. You haven't, this isn't a mistake how you found the, this broadcast. God wanted you here. God wanted you to be part of this community, probably because you got a calling on your life. God's about to activate you if you haven't already been activated. Many of you have already been activated. Some of you have been listening for a long time and you've already got vision and direction on what to do. But I think these vaccine passports are a precursor. They want everybody to have them. That's what I think that the deep state globalist agenda, the Klaus Schwab agenda, the, uh, the Great Reset agenda would like to see these vaccine passports, every American and every person of the world, in order to travel to have these, it's reminiscent of the papers in Nazi Germany, but it will be like your personal identification, and that's probably how they'll, they'll work the finances, through your number, or through, you know, they're setting this all up. So we're praying that God gives us more time, that the enemy, you know, there's been words that prophets have said, people that I know, that have said that the enemy's making it look like the end times, but really it's not, it's not yet. Many of you feel that way, that it's not yet. I actually feel that in my spirit, is it's not yet, although we're very close, the hour is very late, the Lord wants us to repent and to turn from our wickedness, we're at a very important precipice moment in our history, but I believe if we do the right thing, that the Lord is going to spare us for a season, and that we'll probably see a great revival, in fact, we're already starting to see parts of it, but I think it's going to accelerate quite a bit, and I think that there'll be dancing in the streets. People say, well, you still feel there'll be dancing in the streets, yes. But I think he's trying to get our attention right now. It had to get this bad. So I know the plans of the enemy. I know the plans of the deep state. I know what they're trying to do. I'm not saying it's not eventually going to happen because I think it will. And I believe what the Bible says. But I'm believing and praying for more time. And that's why I think God is waiting on his church to respond and to do the right thing. So if you have questions or if I didn't make sense, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that I'm communicate, communicating this in a way that makes sense. I'm hoping that you understand. So I'm not, I know people are going to think I'm caving or giving in or whatever. I'm not. 
Listen, I know all the people. I know I know many of the people personally that you listen to. I know many of you listen to multiple podcasts, and some of you are listening to some of these people out there. Some of them are Q people, and some of them are other influencers that are saying some amazing stuff is happening right now, and I would love to believe that all that's true. I really, really would, and it's not that I don't have faith because I do think that there's some data points and there's certain things that kind of point to some of those things being possible, and in faith, all things are possible. And so when I look through the eyes of faith, yeah, I do believe God can intervene. And I believe he wants to. So I'm not saying no, I'm not, not holding the line. I'm not, you know, people are going to think, are you, are you still praying it through? Yes, I'm still praying it through. I'm still praying it through. I'm still holding the line. Honestly, not much has changed since before, other than the fact that I think things are getting a lot more serious. And so as a pastor and a person of God, I think I, it's important for me to walk through these things as they develop. And, you know, I put out a post the other day, I think you should go to remnantfood.com and get some survival food just in case. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to put fear in you. I hope you're not getting fear from this because the truth of the matter is I have great hope. And I want you to understand that I have great hope. I have not lost my hope. I've not lost my faith. I'm still holding the line and I'm still praying it through. I'm still standing with President Trump, by the way. I still love patriots like General Flynn and Mike Lindell and others. You know, I'm not turning my back on any of these people, I promise you. But I need to be the voice of reason here as well against some of these other people that are out there. And I'm not saying the people that I just referred to, but other people that are promising you a lot of different things. And some of those things are not spirit-led that they're promising you. Some of them are for clickbait. Some of them are for donations and money. And, and to you know, fund their podcast or whatever. And some of them are you know, honestly doing nothing other than doing a podcast and going out and speaking. And, and a lot of patriots are spending money on them because they have a good message. But the message, unfortunately, is a bunch of hopium. So, so you know, this message, I hope it's good. I hope it's encouraging. But at the same time, I hope, I hope it's real. I want it, you know, we have a, an obligation and a duty to speak the truth. And that's what we're going to do. And so do I, have I lost hope? No. Do I think something good could still happen? Yes. Am I praying about what's going on in Arizona and that information coming out? Absolutely. Am I praying it has a cascading effect? Yes. Am I praying that what's been done in darkness will be brought to light? Yes. I believe that we're going to be okay. I believe the, uh, the word of the Lord is complete victory for the remnant. But we have to talk about the nefarious agenda and expose it. We've got to go before the, the Lord and cry out to him. I think everybody listening to this, even if you've never fasted before, should fast, should pray, should get your family together. If you're a family person or if you're single, it doesn't really matter either way. Get on your knees tonight. Cry out to the Lord. Ask him for re- forgiveness and repent, repent before him of any unrighteousness in your life. Walk in consecration going forward in righteousness. Stand on the promise of God. Speak truth. Declare it. Decree it. Bind and loose, you know, take back this territory for the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we do that, we will win. If we don't do that, I do believe we could go into captivity. So that's the message. I know it's not an easy one. I know it's a difficult one, but I'm going to take this weekend to pray, to rest, and then we're going to come back on Monday and fight harder than we've ever fought before. Okay, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give in. 
I'm going to be honest with you guys. We need more supporters because we don't have enough finances coming in to keep this fight going the way that we need to, you know, we need to advance because we're, we're active on multiple fronts. So if you're able, go to toddcoconado.com slash give and become a reoccurring monthly donor, even if it's $20 or $30. That's huge. It'll help us tremendously in our efforts. And I vow to be transparent to you and I vow to be accountable. I'm very accountable to multiple people. You would know their names. Very accountable. I try to answer every email that comes into me. If you have a question, you can email me, todd.coconado at rlcus.org, todd.coconado at rlcus.org. We're trying to help every person with the religious exemptions out there that need them for your job. We're trying to help everybody that inquires and get them to the right person, the right resources. Um, I know there's just so many different things that are going on, and I love you. And I, I believe in you, and I believe the promise of God for our life, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. We're going to stand on those promises, saints of God. We're not going to give up. We're not going to grow weary in doing good. And we believe the Lord is with us even until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be encouraged. Be sober-minded. Be vigilant. Be a watchman on the wall. Understand where we're at on the timeline, but we're at a very important crossroads, and I still believe we could win this, but we've got to get our house in order, and we've got to get all our ducks in a row, and we've got to repent, and the church has to really get in the right place and the position, and if we do that, I believe the Lord's going to respond, and he's going to do a Red Sea situation. So spend some time with your families this weekend. Make sure you get on your knees before the Lord and pray and cry out for our nation, and I believe we're going to win, guys, because we're on the winning team. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's taken me through so many things in my life. He's never, ever let me down. He's a faithful God. And so let's just cry out to him this weekend, okay? And, and, and I love that many of you are participating in the Psalm 64 fast. Thank you. And uh, we will win. Hallelujah. Don't Remember, we're on the winning team. It's not like we're on the losing team. We're on the winning team. But, you know, we know that it's going to probably get more bumpy before it gets better. So that's where we're at. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Please write me, Todd.coconado, Todd.coconado at rlcus.org, rlcus.org, and let me know what you think about today's broadcast. And if you agree or if you disagree, and if you disagree, why? I would love to hear your thoughts. I know there's some amazing intercessors and remnant warriors that listen to this broadcast every day. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We'll be back Monday. And remember, next week we start Monday through Thursday podcast, Monday through Thursday podcast, And then we're going to have the Sunday service, hallelujah, starting next weekend. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you guys.